This is Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder. Hey, welcome to Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder. I'm Molly Stillman, and this is a podcast where I get to sit down with a different guest each week and have raw, funny, often brutally honest conversations about the things that matter most, faith, business, life, and everything in between, where we each learn how to be good stewards of the things we've been entrusted with, even our stories, and how we can use those things to serve others and leave our families, our friendships, and our communities a little better than we found them. I want to create a space where people are unafraid to be themselves and unafraid to ask the questions the rest of us are thinking. My goal is to make you laugh, cry, and laugh till you cry. My guest this week is Heather McFadian. She is the host of the popular parenting podcast, Don't Mom Alone, with more than 18 million downloads from across the globe, as well as the author of the book, Don't Mom Alone. She finds great joy in connecting other women to mentors and experts through her podcast and speaking at live events with women across the country. Her newest book, which comes out in April, is called Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. Through a combination of scripture and personal anecdotes, Heather is taking readers on a journey where they explore the boundaries that we've received from God, time, place, wiring, and experiences. This was such a powerful episode. And honestly, you get to hear at the end where she kind of takes me personally through the process of how to identify and fully occupy my God-given space. And I actually hope that her going through this exercise with me is helpful for you to kind of show you how you can do this exercise on your own and how to identify where has God called you? What is the time that he has placed you in? Where are you in your physical environment? Where are you in your the place in your life? How are you wired uniquely? And what are your life experiences? And how do those things play into what God has called you to do? This is such a good episode. It's so powerful. She is really funny and just an amazing person. And I'm really excited to call her a friend now and I know that you are going to love her. Before I get to my chat with Heather, I just wanted to let you know that if you are looking for a speaker, I am actually in the process right now of planning out my speaking calendar for the summer and fall of 2023. And I would love to come and meet you in person. So if you run your church's women's ministry or you have a conference that you're looking for an MC or a speaker or something, reach out to me. I would love, love, love to come and see you. So you can reach out to me, hello at stillbeingwally.com and we'll get connected. And I can't wait to see you in 2023. Now onto my conversation with Heather. I am already so excited. Just in the few moments I have had to, to meet with my new friend. I hope you're okay with me saying that. Oh, totally, uh, totally. <laughs> um, Heather, I am so excited for you to be here. Welcome. Thanks for, for joining me. Oh, always fun to meet someone new and have a good conversation. So thank you for inviting me. So Heather was telling me about this umka tea. She's she's umka. drinking umka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is that mm-hmm. spelled? U M C K A, I think. Okay. All right. And, and it's, it's like a powder that you put in hot water. Oh, oh, so it's not like a it's not like a tea. It's bag. like a hot drink. It's like a hot drink. It's like yeah. a okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, And it's going to make you all. So Heather had the crud earlier this week. I had the crud last month. We've all had the crud recently. I think this is the winter of the crud. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
think that's now every winner. I think yeah. we just have to settle in. Yeah, that which is fine. Yeah. You know, but the umka, umka tea is going to make us better. Um, and then we were talking briefly about the fact that you live in Texas and yeah. you're from Indiana. And I was saying how I love people in Texas. Like, I don't think I'm genuinely trying to think of like the people who I know personally who live in Texas. There's not a dud in the bunch. They're just all great, mm. all fantastic people. And then your food. And I have talked about, I feel ad nauseum on this show about how much I love Texas food, <laughs> mainly your Tex-Mex, but also your barbecue. But I will say like, I live in North Carolina, so we have really good barbecue too, but we do not have the Tex-Mex mm -hmm. that you have. And so I, yeah. my, my glands are, my salivary glands are just have awakened at the thought of the Tex-Mex in Texas. So all that to say, uh, Heather, yeah. give us the Heather 101. So tell us okay. who well, you are, what you do, how you got yeah. to where you are. So I'm married to Bruce, who he is a Texan, Love but it. chose to leave because he grew up in Houston, which okay. is not as lovely as Dallas. It's, it's a not humid and a little crowded. It is crowded. But again, the food and the people. Fantastic. Yeah, well, there it is. Yeah, but <laughs> he was like, Peace out. I'm out. But we met in Indiana, where I'm from, at a small, small college in Indiana. We've been married for 24 years and have four boys. Congratulations. That are ages. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 11 up to 17 every two years. And that's keeping me on my toes. Yeah. The middle school, two middle schoolers, two high schoolers. Lord Jesus, may the, you can come any moment. May the I'm Lord ready. bless you and keep you. Mm -hmm. May his face shine upon you. I, I would I, be gracious. Now, you. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't do this, but I might for a day go back to the when they were newborn two, four and six over this. Yeah. It's, just, I mean, it, it's fine. I'm not a negative teenage person, but I'm just saying it's a different rodeo. It is. And I've never done it before. You and know, I, at least I've done the other one before. You have done so, the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this about joy and laughter? It I'm is. sorry. No, it's fine. So, it's can I laugh yes. on your shoulder, which also implies yeah. that sometimes we talk about the hard things and that's okay. We're, <laughs> we are honest. I'm very comfortable in the hard. So yeah, so I do that. But I also, once they all were in school all the time, started actually before that, I was blogging that shifted into podcasting in 2013, which makes me like an OG, I think, in the podcast. I was world. 2016, which like feels like a long okay. time. But yeah, no, it'll be 10 years this October. That's awesome. Of weekly podcasting, Love it. which then led into writing books. And so I've done two of those now, which is crazy. I love it yeah. so much. And we're going to go ahead and just say this right off the bat. You've got a book coming out next month and a book baby, which is True. very exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's called Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. And me, as your new friend and fellow podcaster, I'm just going to tell everyone right now, I need you to just, you can, you can hit pause. You could keep listening, but just toggle on over to Amazon or whatever, you know, indie bookstore anywhere and just go ahead and pre-order it right now because the pre-orders are, are pretty key and you have some awesome bonuses. We're just getting it out there right at the beginning. And then you're going to well, see why throughout the show, why you really need to nice. get this book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, when we thought about like what bonuses do you give people? I'm kind of a realist. I'm like, nobody wants another printable. No. What do I... I'm like convincing you to get the book by giving you more stuff. I don't know. But one thing, because I am a podcaster and y'all are listening to a podcast, 
I thought these are my audio people. Yeah. So if you pre-order and you go to my site and put in that order number, you'll get an email with a free audiobook. Which is when clutch. It releases. Yeah. So you'll get to hear me reading it to you. My voice won't sound so uh, congested. It's fine. But it's, yeah. So that's a free a freebie. If you pre-order the book, you'll get an audio copy to Which listen on the go. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I am somebody, so I'm a big reader mm-hmm. and I love, I mean, if you are like watching the video of this interview, you can see I have lots of books behind me. <laughs> love to read a physical book. Very colorful. Big into physical books. Also love an audio book. And some books... I will even do both. Like Beth Moore's memoir, I did mm. both physical book and audiobook because listening to Beth read it was just like a, a spoonful of sugar in my day. And then also there's pictures and you know things like you just you get out of the physical book. Anyway, I'm big into both. I think it counts for both. And I'm just, yeah. Anyway, so we're throwing it out there. Um, but let's talk about this book and what led you. And and I'm so fired up about this topic because it is a topic that I mean, so I rebranded this podcast at the beginning of 2023. And the previous name of the podcast was called Business with Purpose. And um, that was the podcast name for six and a half years um, until I rebranded this. And I've gone into the story. So I won't rehash it here. But I'm obviously somebody who I am very passionate about our God-given purposes and um, our God, using our God-given gifts and stewarding our gifts well. I mean, my life verse is 1 Peter 4.10. For each of you has received various gifts and you're to steward those gifts as faithful stewards of God's you, you grace. You won't believe me, but, but my next interview yeah. is with Dwell Differently. And our whole thing is on that verse, which is the verse of the month for May. Okay. I'm not joking. Well, so I have had Vera on the podcast and I'm just telling you, that's my next interview. So okay. thank you. Yes. Well, look the at Lord that. Wants to talk and it's about funny because First Peter, Peter 410, I'm just telling you, it's, well, yep, I mean, it's, it's my license verse. plate. It's in my, okay. my, my oh social my media gosh. profiles. What are the it's, chances? I'm just I'm saying, all about that. Well, and it's really funny because, um, and now I'm going to have to like send Vera a message because <laughs> like I interviewed her, I don't know, like really shortly after Dwell launched yeah. and and I was like, we should do First Peter 4.10 as a verse. And she was like, yes, we should. And then I never heard anything again. So I'm really excited. <laughs> well, that first- May. Hey. May. It's coming out, y'all. Very excited about it. your subscription. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, yes. I, I love Dwell. Um, I've been a, a subscriber for years. And um, I'll make sure for the listeners now, if you're like, wait, what? I'll link that interview in the show notes because it was really, really good. But yeah, so I, this yes. is clearly a Purpose. topic that I carry. I carry or I care very much about and I get really fired up about. So I want you to kick this conversation off with why did you want to write this book and what was it that you felt you were stewarding in writing this book? Yeah, totally. And it's interesting because I think I come at it from a totally different angle than most people who talk about purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from an emotional place of feeling like I'm missing out or conversations with moms about comparison where they feel like they're not doing enough or should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I sign my kids up for this? What if I have to work outside the home? What if I'm staying in the home? All of these like feelings of discontent and worry and fear. And I landed on this concept through a tweet that this expanded definition of humility 
is to fully occupy your God-given space. Mm. And so if we want to humbly live instead of hustling or instead of living in fear or instead of feeling like we're not enough or we're missing out, humility is to say, okay, God, where have you placed me? Where have you assigned me? Or what are you inviting me into a new space? Like when he called the Israelites into the promised land, what are you leading me towards that I can trust you that that's enough and that it's okay if it doesn't look like Molly and it's okay if it doesn't look like Karen and it's okay if it's not the same space, that the purpose comes in the trust and the faith that where he's assigned you is good. Mm. And you spending your time and your energy and your thoughts on stewarding that space is believing that what God's doing outside of it is good and right. And I feel like in that verse, a first Peter verse, when it says his grace, like mm-hmm. various ways, it's like his grace is everywhere and you get to partner with him and how that grace is delivered to your neighbor today, because you've occupied the space of saying hello. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if we would spend the time and energy on the interactions we have face to face every day. The person I just, you know, maybe saw at a meeting or at the grocery store, how differently would we feel as believers walking on this earth? Like it wouldn't have to be, oh, I didn't get invited to that speaking engagement on that big stage. Right. But God did have me interact with my cashier who literally is named Miracle. Mm. I had a cashier named Miracle. Can make that stuff up? I know. Okay. So I love this perspective so much. And I am curious, I, I know that for a lot of authors, I mean, I just in, in talking with a lot of authors and being friends with other people who have written books, I know that more often than not, the message comes from a place of experience or a place that you're in at the moment. What, yeah. what led you to, because clearly this is something that you yourself experienced and, and had those moments of self-doubt and, you know, just that almost imposter syndrome, which I actually heard a really interesting perspective the other day on imposter syndrome being a good thing and leading to humility, which I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And we're not going to unpack that at the current moment, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, having that, that idea of, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I in that, you know, like you said that, that God given space, what was it for you that led you to that place that now you can kind of write this story out of that. Yeah, I think I share a lot of different, you know, observations of my story. And when I take this perspective or this framework, it gives me peace and gives me confidence. From when I was in college and I was a pre-med bio major and ended up not going to medical school. And it seemed like I took a step backward and I was actually a teacher's aide in an elementary school. But that then led me into a whole different career of speech language pathology. Or maybe it was when I thought I was going to write a book in 2013, but instead I ended up starting the podcast, which timing wise worked out better. It was me reflecting on some, some places in my journey that felt like I was missing out or that I'd messed up or I'd failed. And when I could pull back and farther down the timeline, see what God was doing, right? I could give myself grace then. But what if I was giving myself that grace in the present moment, in the present seeming failures or places that don't look like all of my friends or other people in my field, even in podcasting, like how can I, when I wanted to quit because everybody's 
doing the same interviews and everybody's putting out the same product. And a friend had a dream of me, like right at the moment I wanted to quit. She texts me that she had a dream about me and a Whole Foods and I'm directing people, women to different products, different produce, what to, how to use the different products to serve their families. They're leaving the grocery store with carts full and happy. And, and it made me recognize, serve the people in the store. There's someone coming to your podcast and it doesn't matter if there's another store that's similar. You have people coming to you. So God has given you this space and how are you stewarding it? So good. And yeah, I think that for me, Yes, it's reflecting on all this, but even the journey of publishing the book, like when I pitched to a publisher, it was this book, but so many publishers were like, well, why aren't you writing a Don't Mom Alone book? That's your brand. That's your podcast. That's where you have people. And my mind, I was like, well, that's too obvious. I want to do something really interesting. <laughs> and uh, then I took a second and I applied the concepts of this book and the framework and asked God, God what space are you assigning me? And when I laid out all those boundary lines, I realized, yes, I'm in the mom ministry right now. And yes, I have been given this opportunity and I signed a two book deal. So I could write the Don't Mom Alone book first and then write this one. Also, at the time when I made the decision to write Don't Mom Alone first, I didn't know we were going to go through a pandemic and the entire world would be isolated. And I would be writing a book on isolation and the need for community when it was at a heightened peak right. of necessity, but God did. And then I didn't know, cause I'd never written a book before how intensive the process is. And that by the time I'd written that one, launched it, and my next one was due three months later, it was kind of nice to have already processed all that content that is in the book that's coming out now. Mm. It was just God's grace for me to take a hot second and ask him before I just went with what I thought sounded right and good and logical. And I just want to, if anything, if anybody walks away from the book, I hope it's dialogue with God about your life. Mm. Like bring your decisions to him. Consider the things that are unchanging that he has allocated to you and recognize what is your part and what is his part. And oftentimes the results are his part and ours is the faithfulness. Ours is the discernment. And we have to continue that conversation with him. So often we're just going and blowing and not stopping and asking, God, what do you have to say on this? Mm, that is so good. And that, that leads me, I think that's kind of the perfect segue into what I wanted to have you kind of break down for us, because I think this is so practical for people. And because a lot of times, and, and especially when I had a podcast with the title, with the word purpose in it, Let's just say I would get a whole lot of pitches for people to be on the show that if you just covered up their picture, they basically all look like the same person. <laughs> okay. And it was all these like kind of purpose coaches and things like that. And if you're listening and you're like, I'm one of those people, I love you very much. Distinguish yourself from all the rest. Find a niche. Um, <laughs> because they were all the same. And it was this very almost, I, I almost want to use the word ethereal, but I don't know if that's the right word. I'm thinking just like, and I don't even want to say woo woo, but it was just like a, this concept of like vague 
go into your purpose and find your God-given purpose and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? I need you to- There's a lot of theory with not a lot of meat. Boots on the ground, yeah. Right, and I need meat. Don't get me wrong. I love the ideas, but I also need the meat. So (laughs) what I love about- If it doesn't have feet, then it's not gonna go anywhere. Correct, Yeah. correct. And I, but what I love so much about how you've approached this is from both this kind of big idea topic and then also this let's get into the nitty gritty and here's how you actually do this on a, on a practical level. And so it's exploring these kind of boundaries that we have received from God. And that is your time, your place, your wiring and your experiences. And so I want you to break this down for us because I think It is so helpful and, again, so practical for people listening who might have that question of, hey, um, like, what do I how do I do this and how do I find my God given purpose and how do I, you know, fully occupy my God given space? How do I know what that is? You really give us a practical step. So break that down for us. Yeah, I think when we use the word purpose or even when you're talking about these purpose coaches, it feels like go and do something big, start a non for profit. And what I appreciated about when I was working through this with God and just in research was we have decided that purpose is going and doing and making, but God is like, walk with me. (laughs) Your Derek or your journey walk with, it's a lot of walking and journey language. And so even I was purposeful in the book cover to do this squiggly line because this is an ongoing conversation with God of where are you inviting me into next? Mm. What are you wanting me to experience with you next? And these can be really hard things at the exact same time as really good things. And so I think with the boundary lines, honestly, it was like, okay, we're talking about a God-given space. In the Bible, we know about the God-given space of the promised land. And then a friend pointed out that there is a chapter in Joshua where he explicitly says, here's the northern, the eastern, the southern, western borders of this space. And he says, okay, this tribe, you're going here, you're going here, you're going here. And it's super boring if you're reading through the Bible in a year. But it made me realize this is true for us as well. There are things that are unchanging about our space. And if we explicitly lay them out, it helps filter what is for us and what is not for us Mm. and helps us lean into, okay, I can see it's kind of like if you had your calendar out and we were picking a time to do this interview, I can't do two interviews at the same time. Right. It's an automatic no that I cannot be at my child's soccer game and be at the doctor's office at the same time. Right. So we get that with our calendar, but at the same time, opportunities come or challenges come and we beat ourselves up that we can't do both. It's like, well, you maybe, maybe you're thinking you should do something that hasn't actually been assigned to you. Mm. Or maybe you're not stepping into the thing that has been assigned to you because you're actually in pride thinking you're not enough for that. Right. But God's like, I got this all laid out for you. This really hard thing, whether it's with the kid or it's with the spouse or it's with the parent, and it feels ginormous. Right. And you're shrinking back in fear. It's 
him saying, you are 20 steps ahead in this hard thing. When I've walked through hard things myself personally, it was moment to moment grace. Mm -hmm. If I got too far ahead of myself of like, I can't carry the weight of all this forever, I would crumble. But if I would say, okay, what do you have for me this hour? What hard decision do I need to make today? I mean, there was a day where I was shaving my mom's head because she was going through chemotherapy and picking out funeral flowers for my dad's casket Mm. in that same day. That's too much. Mm -hmm. But I did each thing in the, in the order that it came. Right. And he provides the ability to walk through that. So I just, to me, it's looking at those boundary lines of time, place, wiring experiences. If we really write them down and then supernaturally invite God to communicate to us on them, I find them very clarifying. When I'm working with a friend through a hard thing, when we walk through that, something pops up. And I love that it's not quite a formula. It's more like a framework. So it's very bendy. So for one person, the wiring piece might be the thing that's like, oh, of course, I'm not made that way. Why am I trying to do this thing inside? I'm not made that way. Or this is why I'm responding to it this way or whatever it is. Or maybe it's the experiences or maybe it's the time or the place. Like, I just feel like there are aspects of those that are unchanging. And so if we recognize the limits of them, it frees us up to invite God in and to do our part and let him do his part. I love that formula so much because, again, it really gives you that kind of practical and you can even just get out an actual physical piece of paper or a journal and write these things down and and be able to write down, here are the things that are unchanging. Here are the things that I know to be true. Here is, and sometimes for me, this is really helpful where I will write down, okay, what are the lies that I am telling myself right now? Or what are the things that are not true? Or, you know, what is the thing that I need to remind myself that God is bigger than? Um, Yeah. yeah. There's a whole section in the book on not once you've identified your space, how to fill it, because sometimes we're shrinking back in fear, kind of like how they went to the promised land in Joshua and the 10 were like, oh no, there's, there are giants there. It's too, it's too much. We can't go in there. And we have to name those. Like what is sabotaging you from occupying that space fully? It's walking into those purposes. And so calling that out, yeah, for sure, helps you fill that space. So when it comes to actually making a decision, once you've kind of identified these things and you've written down, um, you know, or even sometimes this is where godly counsel comes in very handy, uh, even whether it's with a, you know, an actual, you know, counselor or a spiritual director or your spouse or a pastor, somebody who you know is is wise, is is a, a good person, you know, a, not a let's not one of the uh, 400 false prophets of King Ahab or anything like right. that, you know, somebody right. who's actually, you know, in tune, you feel like in tune with the spirit. Yes, yes. Yes. Amen to that. You know, so once you've kind of talked through those things, how do you know when you are making the right decision? Because sometimes that is the other piece of this is we go, okay, well, these are the things that I know to be true. And you have to, you know, I know trust and, and believe that the decision you're making is the right one. But what has this looked like practically in your life? Can you tell even give an example of when you put this into practice? Yeah, I think people and talking through things is fantastic. 
and you and I could talk through your boundary lines on something you're trying to work through. I love doing that on podcasts. But ultimately, I'm a big believer that God still speaks. And I'm a big believer of taking that list and that paper and that journal Amen. and sitting with him and saying, Lord, and, and that's what I did when I was making this decision on the book. I sat with him and he was like, okay, yes, you have this ministry and yes, you're talking to moms, but have you filled the space? And I'm like, that was what I heard from God. Have you filled the space? And I was like, I have recorded at that time. It had been 250 or 300 episodes. That's, that's a lot of filling. And then he, he brought to mind, well, what about the weary mom? You're going to tell her, go and listen to 300 episodes. And I realized, oh, okay, this fills the space and that it's something tangible I could hand to mom. And it would be everything I would tell her if I had coffee with her. And it felt like if I did this, it would fill and finish that assignment that he's given me. And I could walk away from mom ministry and know, you know what? I did everything I could in that area. Check. And so that was me sitting with God. I think a lot of times the messaging I received growing up was that God doesn't still speak, that it was for a time for the establishment of the church and he doesn't work the same way. That lie kept me from actually hearing from God. When I confessed that lie and I just supernaturally experienced him, I believe that he does still speak. And when people, quite, you know, are like, mm, I, I always ask, have you tried it? Have you tried it? And when you're sitting there and you're like, well, is that my thought or is that God's thought? Okay, well, there's a lots of books on how to listen to God. But one simple way is if it sounds like the God you read about in the Bible, it's probably God. If you've been spending time in God's word, which is another thing we neglect, you know, I even when I get busy, it's like, oh, I, yeah, I do that sometimes. But like, are you in God's word to the point that when something pops into your mind, it resonates with the words you've been reading? And if it doesn't sound anything like God, and if it doesn't sound like anything that you've been reading, then it's probably not from him. And, and if it's condemning, it's definitely not from him. And you call that out. But if it sounds like him and it sounds like his word, it could be the Holy Spirit in you bringing it to mind. And if you're making a decision and that's where he's leading you, I believe you can trust that. Because if you're making a decision like, do I kill my husband? Okay. Yeah. Well, we know he's pretty clear on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I completely agree. And I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't have like a one way or the other opinion on whether God still speaks. And in fact, like part of my testimony and, and how I got saved was I supernaturally felt God speak to me in a very, okay, very clear go. way. Very, very clear so way. So you believe, oh. double believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundo P. And I've had yeah. multiple experiences since then that I'm like, yeah, no, that's uh, I, I can't just like explain this away and be like, oh, it happened to be this. No, no, no. Nope. Uh, and I've had multiple instances, too, even in, in my marriage where, you know, God has like individually spoken something to both me and my husband individually. And then we've come together and to talk about it. And it's the exact same thing. And we're just like, OK, well, that's bleh, not an accident. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. So that's so good. Um, the other thing that you had kind of talked about that and, and touched on, and I think actually even has a deeper, we can go deeper with it. And that is, you know, when you were talking about fully occupying and not shrinking back in a space. And yes, sometimes it can come from our own insecurities. But I think to the the times and places in my life, even pre-becoming um, a follower of Jesus, like when I have been in particular spaces where I have I have shrunk back 
uh, for reasons like I was in a male dominated space, if I'm just being honest, and I still often find myself in male dominated spaces. Or I will say, oh, well, I mean, I can do that, but there's somebody over here that can do the same thing, but better than me, or they have more experience. Or I'll have these moments of like, well, I have a lot of experience in this area, but this person like has more connections or I I don't know, you know, there's a lot of things, but especially I I would say there's an added layer when you have something like I'm a woman and I'm trying to do something that mostly men do or or something or I will be honest. So, I mean, I, I've alluded to to this that I'm in the, the book writing process right now and I have a book coming out next March. Um, no big deal. Um, but it is a, I'm I mean, I'm with a Christian publisher, but it is a book that uh, most publishers didn't want to publish. <laughs> And, um, and I was told that nobody wants to read that, um, even though I believe very, very strongly that people do. And I'm thankful that uh, my editor and my publisher really believe in it. And, um, and I have an agent who really believes in it. But I have I've struggled with this is really different. And because I'm in a Christian space, but it's a memoir. And it's a, a memoir of a, a pretty there's some pretty ugly, dark stuff in it. And there's also some really hilarious stuff in it. And it's this mixture and this tension of joy and grief and you know, humor and sorrow and all the the things, but there's not really a, a book out there like it. And so I I find myself being like, well, were those people that told me nobody wanted to read this right? Were they right about that? I don't know. You know, and am I am I pouring like literal blood, sweat, and tears into this, <laughs> you know, for nothing? Um. So I anyway, I set all that okay, up. So I want to yeah do the space thing with you. Okay. All right. Well, let's and do maybe it. Maybe it's too late because you've already written it. I mean, but the, yeah, the book's, like, the book's written. I'm in the editing process now, but. But I would say for the clarity and confidence. Yeah. So that you can say, because this is, this is what I think. If we practically do this when it comes to big decisions, small decisions. Yeah. If we lay this out and say, God, what are you inviting me into? Then when we reflect back and that doubt comes in, we can talk back to the doubt and say, nope, I, I consulted God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who knows how this all finishes out. And he said, in the light, he told me that this is what I should do. Yeah. So we can't question in the dark a decision made in the light. And we just move forward with confidence and say to that doubt, I'm so sorry, you don't get a voice here. Mm, that's good. Tour, and you move on. Yeah. So if we need to find some clarity and confidence, Let's look at time. Timing wise, it seems like this is a great time to write a book for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, so I were I started my my proposal in 2017. <laughs> you know. You're talking to someone who wrote a proposal in 2012. Yeah. So we've we've been there. We have time is not a thing when it comes to books. Yeah. But as far as like the memoir itself, there are probably things you had to walk through. Oh yeah. And the ordering of it that you couldn't speak to until this time. Right. Right. And I don't know if in the story, sometimes people write memoirs and they wait until something with family works out and then they can share the story, whatever it was. I'm guessing that the timing of this memoir, you would say, yeah, God approves this timing. Yes. That you weren't forcing a time. Correct. Because in writing my book, I'm super thankful that I did not, I had an agent back in 2012. Yeah. I'm really thankful that that book did not get published. Yeah. Because the advice that I might have given moms then was <laughs> was brick. Yeah, you're okay? like, no. It was not grace. Yeah. Um, I've walked through a lot more humbling since then. But 
So timing, place, like, and not just physical place, but just your place on the on the world of creating content. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this decision, how you, like you said, it was with a Christian publisher. Do you feel like that place is the right place? Like that yeah. God brought you this and it's confirmation that this publisher is the right publisher. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And it's been really interesting because I mean, well, my agent is just like the world's greatest person and I love her so much and I just want her to be, I mean, she's, I want her to be my best friend. It's fine. Um, I mean, that's what she wants. Yeah. I mean, she's sure. my, yeah, but and so this is a, a a story. So we submitted it to 14 publishers and I'm not going to say how many said no. Um, but my prayer was God, like make the decision really easy for me. Um, and uh, this felt like a really selfish, weird prayer, but I was like, my, my dream publisher is Thomas Nelson. And so like, if that, if you want to like open up the door, that would be really cool. And I don't know why my dream publisher was Thomas Nelson. I think I just was like, I think that would be really awesome if it was Thomas Nelson and it's Thomas Nelson. And so that was like, it made the decision really, really easy. And then the acquiring editor was uh, just this um, incredible, incredible woman who's edited like amazing books. And I was like, she wants to edit and like acquire my book like what and she has become a really dear friend but I was really sad and and a little discouraged because she had left the publisher like a couple months after we'd signed the contract and we had you know begun this rapport and I was like god is this like the thing you know oh no you know I just I felt this moment of like no my editor's gone and it's nobody's gonna want it and anyway they long story short I got a new editor and my new editor I just, I adore her so much. And we've developed this relationship where I feel like she really gets me and I get her and I hear her feedback and she sees my heart and goes, Hey, you know, this is just a suggestion, but this is your book at the end of the day. And if you want to, you know, it's just this become this really great relationship. And it's just like, okay, God, you actually knew what you were doing. Um, You needed this person over here to acquire the book and believe in it, but you needed this person to actually walk me through the process. And so it's been really, it seems silly, but especially with something like this, where, I mean, I'm pouring out some of the most difficult parts of my life onto these pages. Like, that's a scary thing. I mean, writing a book can be scary in general, but I will say like writing this memoir has chewed me up and spit me out in more ways than I can possibly begin to tell you. <laughs> um, no, so know, yeah. Girl. So yeah. So I, I, I feel that so for sure. Your place is very confirmed. Right. Right. You have told God, I want this place. And then he has even like worked through your trust on, do you trust me with the who? Right. At the place. And then your wiring, it sounds like you are wired to be able to hold the tension of the hard and the good at the same time. So maybe it's okay if it's different than every other book. Right. Because is it, is it aligned with the space he's given you, which is who you are? Right. And then your experiences, he's assigned those experiences to you and you communicating them. Yeah is going to encourage someone who has similar paths or identifies with aspects of your story. And so to me, it's very confirming that you're right where you belong. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I love the way that you, that you outline that. And that, that was really helpful for me. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Heather. So just when it comes to mind, when that saboteur tries to come in, when the giants in the land are like, no, don't come in here. Mm. You just talk back to them. You're like, nope. 
I have looked at it and this is where God has assigned me and this is right where I belong. And here's the deal too. However it quote unquote does when it comes out, Mm -hmm. like whatever list you hoped you were going to be on or whatever number you thought you were going to hit, those are worldly measures of success. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And we know it. But I'm just saying when your brain Mm-hmm. goes to see yeah. I, w- I shouldn't have done this mm. those those people were right no you will never know the ripple effects of this decision you mm-hmm. won't ever you yeah. will never know the one random person who reads it who's encouraged and who never tells you yeah and it changed them yeah because part of one story i tell in the book is i wouldn't even exist if it hadn't have been for a psych intern that had a conversation with my grandparents to let my parents stay married at mm. 16 and 20. Wow. He he will never know. Those parents were married 55 years. Like he maybe in the moment saw it as significant, but he doesn't know that it impacted that I exist right? because they stayed married. He doesn't know that that then led to me having this podcast or that I wrote these books or like, You cannot know the ripple effects of your obedience and your faithfulness. Heather, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And and I'm sure that you did this too as you were writing. And they always, I I really wish there was a better word for it. But, you know, your your avatar, like the person that you're Um, writing for. I hate that. Why do I hate the word avatar? Maybe it's because all I think of is that it's blue, the blue, the the blue people. Um, But that 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 person that you um, in fact, I heard an author years ago and I honestly don't even remember who it was, but the, the concept stuck with me of when you are writing, either physically like put a picture of the person that is your avatar or your your ideal reader like in front of you or just mentally write to that person. And I have, a, it's a conglomeration of a couple of people who are personally in my life, um, who are my, you know, ideal reader. I won't say who they are because they probably listen to this podcast. Um, but they are people who I know who are not walking with the Lord and who I love really, really dearly. And my whole goal is like, I don't have this like pipe dream that they're going to close the book and they're going to go, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want you to yeah. fill my heart with your Holy Spirit. I don't have that. My goal is that they close the book and they just go, hmm, hmm, maybe the Jesus thing isn't so crazy. That's literally all I care about is like just planting a seed (laughs) so that maybe someday. I'm just telling you, even in that. Yeah. Like you can never know. Yeah. You never know. We were talking about the audio book, right? Right. I'm in the recording of it. So the audio engineer that's assigned to me is going to hear me read every single word of the book. Right. He's 24 years old. Mm. We're on day three of recording. And he says, I just feel like I need to tell you. And the whole time he's been like, this is awesome. This is awesome. That's resonating. Third day. I feel like I need to tell you that I'm not a Christian. Mm. I'm like, was his picture my my avatar as I was writing? Yeah. No. No. But did it lead to like, you know, when we finished recording, he's like, hey, if you want to come in here and chitty chat, his words, 24 year old guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, if you try to convert me, we're going to walk out of here. Not friends. And I'm like, that was not, it's not my goal. Yeah. I said, you just heard the whole book. I said, I'm going to occupy my space. And if anything you see is attractive and draws you to know more about how I live my life, that is that is awesome. Well, we just talked. I answered some of his questions. Turns out he's um, more of a Buddhist. And anyway, it was like at the end, he asked if he could give me a hug. 
I was occupying the space of that audio studio. So good, Heather. It was not the plan. (laughs) He was not the person I was writing to. This is where we release. Yes. Release, release, release. Just obey. Yes. Do the thing. Be faithful. Yeah. And like, let go of all of the part that's not yours to control. Right. I want to kind of expound this just for a second, because I think, you know, if somebody listening is like, oh, well, that's great, but I'm not writing a book or that's great. I'm not I don't have a podcast. It's whatever you're doing. Literally, it could be. But it's it could be even something as as simple as, like you said, like saying hello to the person or saying the name of the cashier that you're interacting with the grocery store or how you are parenting your children or how you are serving in your community or how you're serving at church or wherever you are, literally, you don't know what the impact is that you could have on others around you. Well, and I want to say too, that another aspect of that, yeah, that's about filling our space and showing up fully. Like if, if the main space we occupy is our physical body in the present moment, that is literally your most God-given space Mm -hmm. is your present moment in your physical body and wherever that goes. But I also want to say as parents, we often overstep out of our space and fear and worry about our children and where they're headed and what's going on in their lives. And as I was sitting there talking to that 24-year-old, I was thinking about his mom Mm. because he'd mentioned that he grew up in the Baptist church. And I'm thinking, she's been praying for him. Yep. She doesn't know that our paths just crossed, that he just listened to hours of scripture and truth being spoken over him. Yeah. And it, it just reinforced to me that we can trust that God is bigger, even in the places where we feel like I need to control that friend so that they become a believer. I need to control that kid so they make the right choices, or I need to control my spouse so they stop doing this thing. It's like, how about you live your life? How about you pray, do what Mm -hmm. you can, but trust that he is orchestrating interactions because he loves that person way more than you do. Mm. So good. My gosh, Heather, I could talk to you for an entire day about this. Um, Probably even longer. Um, But I know we're running out of time. Um, So we talked at the beginning about uh, make sure you go get this book. But now hopefully you see why I I want everybody listening to go get this book. Um, Because this really is, I feel like the time for this book, I I feel like kind of coming out on the other side of the pandemic where people are beginning to physically and literally and and figuratively uh, occupy spaces again and in our physical environments. And also we are just, our experiences are are different and changing and, and the world looks different now than it did four years ago, three years ago. And um, so I'm really, really excited. I think this book is phenomenal. And I just am really grateful for your obedience in writing it. And um, so obviously, uh, tell people how they can connect with you. Um, if they want more Heather, um, before we get to the get to know you round. HeatherMcFadden.com is my website. And on Instagram, it's at don't mom alone, because I'm waiting for Heather Mac to let me have her Instagram handle. <laughs> I know, I know. She hasn't been on there since like 2009. So I don't know if she'll see my DM. Don't you love that? Yeah. Don't you love that? I know. It's fine. But yeah, at Don't Mom Alone. That's my podcast. So good. Don't Mom Alone. So good. All right, Heather. Well, now this is the portion where we ask just a couple of questions here at the end and before we sign off. So question number one is what is the last thing that made you laugh? Hmm. I have four boys. So, so all of it. 
we were, it was my birthday yesterday. Oh, and happy, I was very happy sick. day after your oh, birthday. Thank you. I was very sick. So it was a lot of being home mm-hmm. and food brought in and we were enjoying dinner and my youngest son disappeared and he came downstairs singing happy birthday, wearing a conglomeration of various costumes, including yeah. underwear on his head, yeah. um, some goggles, football. It that made me laugh. I love that it. It's very good. Like funny. he's like Chandler. Yeah. Could I be where or Joey? Could I, could I be Joey, wearing any I, more clothes? Yes. It was even even his teenage brothers laughed at his ridiculousness. I love it. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what is the last thing that made you cry? American Idol last night. And really? I will say I am surprised I did not cry on this. I cry all the time. Okay. Crying's my favorite. I love it. I love a good story. And if someone's crying, I will cry. And so there's just so many good stories on American I Idol. Oh, so many. Um, there is a girl who's on American Idol this season who is from Durham, where I am, where she auditioned for American Idol 15 times. Yeah, I yeah, saw her. Yeah. yeah. She's so good. Mm-hmm. She was so yeah. good. She was great. Because I'll just share real quick. The last thing that made me cry and um, is Phil Wickham's new song. It's called oh, I need to hear it. Sunday is favorite. coming. He is my like Christian crush. I, I love Phil Wickham. Um, my husband. It Sunday's coming. It's called Sunday is coming. Okay. And it's a beautiful song. But the lyrics, I was listening to it for the first time yesterday and legitimately started crying because and it's and it's just the gospel story uh, summed up in four minutes. And it get to the gets to the bridge where it's like. Cause like it's the Friday is good because Sunday is coming and like it gets to the bridge where it's like hallelujah he's alive and I just was like <laughs> like just sobbing and my daughter who's nine was like mom you you okay well, out together, there mom What's mom happening? you okay um anyway I was like no I'm not Jesus. okay I actually I am good okay thank you Jesus yeah. okay uh and then my last question is what is it that brings you the most joy so I love connect. Activity, like when everyone's connected and I've realized getting our entire family together lately, since that's harder with teens mm-hmm. makes me really mm-hmm. joyful. So we actually were able to get our boys to surrender a Saturday night, which is a big deal um, big this deal. last weekend. And we took them to an eighties cover band concert. Love it. And there was a moment where like I was filming the band and then I, turned the camera to them and they were all just like big smiles and singing along. And my husband's really happy. Anyway, it was just a moment of like, Oh, we're doing something and having a shared experience. And it's been a minute since we've Mm. done that. So that brings me a lot of joy. So good. Heather, this has been a joy and a treat and a pleasure. Um, Thanks for being my new friend and thanks Uh for what you do and occupying your God given space. And uh, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. What a delight. I hope you loved this conversation with Heather as much as I did. I would love to know what impacted you or what you learned. Let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Can I Laugh Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And would you take a moment to leave a review of the show or would you hit that subscribe or follow button? That really does help the show to grow and helps more people learn about us. As always, thank you for listening week in and week out. Thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And I hope something this week makes you laugh till you cry. We'll see you next week. Bye.